0: Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. And today what I want to remind you of is a scripture that should get into your heart, into your spirit, into your whole being. And this is what he said in John, 1 John Chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. I'm reading from the King James Version. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. The heavens are open to us if we have the confidence in God. The statement that he made to me is, my people have lost their confidence in him. And God said in his word, if you have confidence in him, Pastor, can you back it up with another scripture the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Jesus said it himself. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will. There's an open heaven that we are under right now. Some of you all are beginning to see that the things that you ask for begin to manifest immediately to you. That's what God wants. He wants manifestation coming in the lives of his people. But you have to have confidence in him in order for those manifestations to arise or to manifest or to show up. It doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old. The scripture applies to all. Whoever, whomsoever, has faith or confidence in God, you can ask what you will. God just said that in his word. He said, and this is the confidence. He's explained this is the confidence. This is the confidence. That we have in him. What are you talking about, God? That if you were to ask anything according to my will, his word is his will. His will is his word. So if you get in that word of God, if you start applying that word to your life and get that word in you, if you just simply start making confessions every morning when you get up, all of you all who joined this ministry, we gave you a list of confessions. If you just start making those confessions every morning, well, Pastor, I don't feel like it's doing any good. Well, because you're not under attack. You prepare for war in the time of peace. So you have to get it in you so that when the evil ones show up, that word is going to rise up. If there's nothing in you, there's nothing can rise up. Many of you are losing your battle and you're not having confidence in God because you're not placing the Word of God in you. You're not abiding in Him. You're acting as if you can live your life to yourself, and you cannot. Life is too big. It is too challenging for you to handle it on your own. You are never designed to handle this life on your own. You are always because God put the devil out of heaven and cast him out, and guess what? He's going to wreak havoc in the earth and in our lives until we get somebody bigger on our side, or realize that somebody is better on our side. For there's more; he's greater, more than us that is in this world. I've got God on the inside of me, and I know God can help me tackle any devil or any demon that comes my way. I have confidence in God that He's not going to put more on me than I can bear. Amen? So listen to me. If you ask anything according to his will, that means you've got to get into his will. His will is his word. You've got to get into his word. And once you get into that word, that word has its way of getting inside of you. Amen? I, have a, I, I don't think you can go swimming without getting wet. Amen? I believe that if you get in that water, that water will get on you. I believe if you get in this word, this word will get on you, and you'll start seeing changes in your life, and you'll start having confidence in what God said. He just gave it to you right there. This is the confidence that you have in me that if you ask anything according to my will, I'm listening to you. He goes on to say, and if you know I'm listening to you, you have the petition that you desire of me. You're asking something that I've already given you. I want you to have it. Watch this. So what we have to do now is figure out what we're doing so that we can get a handle on this thing and be able to see what God's saying. So last week, we stopped off with Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 38. I'm reading this from the King James Version. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, since you know that this confidence is going to get you whatever you want from me. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't stop giving hope. Don't stop believing. Don't let the pressures of life cause you to stop thinking that God has the power to deliver you, to set you free, or to even bless you. The devil is after your confidence in God's word to make you think. That's why he he showed you people who are not making it. He show you people in the church who are not doing right. Look, you don't have your confidence in people. The word will never fail you. You could be watching some preacher, some minister, and you watch them, and they're supposed to be all this, and they fall, and then they your, your faith. Your faith crumbles because they failed. Your faith was never designed to be in man. So what a preacher does or what somebody up top does, it does not destroy your faith. Because your faith and your confidence is in God. Ms. King shocked y'all when she said that she don't trust me, she trusts God. She understood what her confidence is in. I asked her, I said, baby, can you have confidence in me in all things? She said, no. She can put confidence in me to do certain things because she know me. So there's some confidence that she can't put in me to do because she knows that's not in me. She may not have confidence in, in me cleaning the whole house up. So she ain't going to expect that out of me because she knows that's not going to be me. All right? But she can't have confidence that I'm going to take care of the house. I'm going to make sure the bills are paid. I'm going to take care of the children. I'm going to make sure that everything's in there that she needs. She can have confidence for that because she knows I have proven myself. She see me working every day. She see me putting forth the effort. She see me putting in time to be able to do those things. She don't see me right now cleaning up. She don't see me doing that, so she don't have confidence. When she come home, she don't expect that. But she expect for the lights to be on. She expect for certain things to be happening because she understands that she can put confidence in me to do that. God wants to know what kind of confidence can I put in you. I'm going to show you a scripture before I get through teaching this that God says that he he does not want you to make him look bad. Amen? But in the meantime, he says, Cast therefore not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. That means it has a reward system attached to it. If you keep your confidence in God, no matter what the devil shows you or what somebody else does that show that they're not making it and they're supposed to be in church, and all this is happening to them, and it's not going right with them, that does not say that your confidence should be shot because of what somebody else is doing. Keep your confidence. Don't throw your confidence away because somebody else is going down. You don't know what they're doing. You don't know how to. But, Pastor, I see them in church every Sunday. And? They may be looking good, but they may be struggling all kind of stuff on the inside. So when you wrap your faith around them and think that they're going to bring you through, you have the wrong Messiah. You tapped into the wrong Savior. Keep your faith in God's Word. And if the Word said you can have it, it's yours. So to ha- cast not away from your confidence, for you have need of what? Patience. You've got to be patient. Why? Because God is working things out. He's working everything out for your good. There's some things, there's some people who are just stubborn. They don't want to listen to God. Well, it's the goodness of God that's going to bring men to repentance. So God has to take a little time on this rascal, on that person, to get them to conform to his will. Then while he's working on them, you got patience. And you're waiting on God. Well, God, why ain't nothing moving? You don't know what God is moving. Your confidence is something that's going to keep you firm and going to keep you standing still and keep you believing while you wait on God to manifest what you want. There ever been some things in your life that you wanted so bad, you wish you could have it right then and there, but you had to wait. Remember when you were growing up and you believed in Santa Claus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had to be patient. Getting close to Christmas time, boy, and then you get that night up, you had to go to sleep. I don't know about you guys, but I had to go to sleep for Santa Claus to come. Anyway, I'll leave that one alone. You know, that just, that just messed my little nerves up. I mean, I hear firecrackers. Oh, he here. he here. You know, crazy beliefs. But yet and still, even as a child, I was learning patience. Uh, so what keeps, never mind. But, but we thought it. Well, they told me. That's, a, that's, a, that's Santa Claus. He got, anyway, why did we get on that thing? It's Easter. We're talking about Christmas. Anyway, all right. Watch this. For you have neither Patience. That after you've done the will of God, see, we have a problem right there because we do our own will and we think we're being patient. You're doing what you want to do or what you think is best and you expect for God to manifest. God said, No, all that stuff that you did, you still hadn't done my will, so I'm not obligated to bring any recompense or reward to you. You're not getting what you want because you're still trying to do it your way. I told you to abide in me and let my word abide in you. Then you're going to get what you asked for. But you won't stay in my word. You won't stay faithful. You won't do what I asked you to do. And you expect me to move because you say you've done all you can do. No, you have not. You have not done all you can do because you want to abide in His word. Well, I, don't, I just I don't think it takes out the confession. Then you need some more patience uh-huh. until you're convinced that your way is not working. That what you think, and so many times that you have thought your way through this thing, you figured God out, and you know how God's supposed to act on your behalf. And God said, "I'm not in that. I'm God by myself." And until you do what I told you to do. I'm not obligated to do what you want me to do. Well, God, what do I do? Abide in me. Stay in my word. So many of you all right now, you're going by your emotions, about your feelings. If you don't feel like coming to church, you don't come to church. If you don't feel like reading your Bible, you don't read your Bible. If you don't feel like making your confession, you won't make your confessions. You're dominated by your feelings, by your emotions. And God's going to let those emotions run haywire because all the stuff that come in your life you're not going to be able to figure out until you do, decide, you know what, God, let me do what your word says to do. After you've done the will of God, abiding in him and his word about you, now you start asking because now you've got a little sense about yourself that you know what to ask for. Some of you are asking selfish things, and you can't find it nowhere in the word. But you're asking for it, and you expect God To fulfill it. And God said, I'm not obligated to do that. Amen? All right. So that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise for yet a little while. And he that shall come, will come, and will not tarry. God's going to make a breakthrough in your life. He's not going to hold you off forever. Now the just shall live by faith. The just. Just means justified. Justified means somebody had declared you innocent. Since Jesus died on the cross for your sin, he has justified you. He has justified you just as if you never committed a sin before in your life. That's how God looks at you. You haven't done no wrong, baby. Now, what you're doing is remembering your old mess. And God said, I'm not holding your mess against you. I'm not holding your sins against you. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. So why would he hold it against you now while you were still sinning, Now you're trying to do a little bit what's right. So now he's gonna go back and hold your mess against you. Now you start trying to live right. No, no. God forgot about your mess, and some of that's too heavy for some of y'all to even receive. The just shall live by faith that God, me and God's okay. That we're on the same page. I'm not fighting God anymore, and God's not out to get me anymore. I have never sinned in God's eyesight, and I know that's heavy for some of you to handle. But that's the way God looks at you. Justified, just as if you never sinned before. But if any man draws back, my soul has no pleasure. Well, God don't like me. I keep messing up. You know what it's doing? It's draining your confidence. You can't come boldly before him because that that act that you did, the sin that you were involved with, keep convincing you that you're not worthy, that you can't ask him for nothing. Out of all he's given you, he's saying, this is the confidence that you have in me if you ask anything according to my word. I hear you. Not according to what you've been doing. Not according to what you did. That has no bearing on the fact. You abiding in me, my word abiding you. Well, what about this mess in my life? That's why you got to abide in Him, because that word gonna push that mess out of you. And if you stayed in it long enough, you won't even know when the mess left you. You'd be still thinking that you're messy, and you won't even be. Mm-hmm. He'll, do, he'll deliver you just like we. You still think that you that old unworthy person. You still think you you got your old ways. And and people looking at you say you're not like you used to be. And you're like, really? I I, I didn't know. I I didn't even know. I, I need to take a. You know what? I want to win. I stop doing that. You know what? It's been a long time since I cussed you out. <laughs> I I don't even know. I don't know how it happened. Because you abided in that Word. That Word abided in you. And before you knew it, God's will took place in your life. Amen? That's how this thing is working. So stop thinking that God's not working in your life. Stop thinking that things are not happening in your life. If you keep your confidence, God's going to show you how far He can take you in your life. Amen? Now, you sitting here listening to me. I hope you're understanding me. But if you don't mix confidence in what I'm saying... It's not going to do you any good. You just heard me say, if you abide in his word, and his word abide in you, you can ask what you will. He said, this is the confidence that you have in me. If you ask anything according to my will, I hear you. And you'll get the petition that you ask for. But why is it that so many people don't get what they want? The same way. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 4 and 2. For unto us was the gospel preached. As well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. The word did not profit them because they didn't mix it with faith. When you read your confessions, if you're not mixing your faith with it, it won't profit you. So many of you right now got to go to the next level. You've been fighting this devil for so long in your life. Well, now it's time for you to add your confidence, your faith to what you've been reading, to what you've been hearing, because now it's time for it to blossom. It's not blossoming because you're not doing anything with your faith. You have to believe it. And when God started to manifest it, it started to build your confidence up. Let me tell you this. My confidence is getting so strong in God now that I ask anything according to his word. I'm expecting something to happen. I was just out there yesterday, and we was, and I was, I was doing some work out here. I had some of my guys up here. We had the bobcat up here. We was leveling out all those ruts up there because when Brother Ty started cutting this place, I don't want him to come back and tell me he couldn't get it because the ruts were so bad. So we went in there, and we started leveling out all the ruts on that side. And my partner said, man, we're going to need some dirt. I said, well, all that dirt back out there, I guess we can get it. I hate to go back there and disturb all that dirt because the city come in, they're going to say, well, y'all disturbing the dirt, and y'all have to have all these, all, all that, all that. So I said, you know what? I said, we really need some dirt. And so I went on and went on by my business, left Brother Houston up here and another guy up here. They were straightening out everything over there. I had drove off and I came back. When I came back, this guy was pulling in behind me in a truck. And he, I pulled. I was on the phone. I pulled over and he pulled up beside me and he was just looking at me. White guy got out the truck and he said, uh, look like you got some erosion problem. I shouldn't talk like that. He said, ha, ha, ha. He said, it looked like you have some erosion problems, okay? So I'm thinking he's somebody from the city and finna give me a hassle again. So I say, yeah, we have some erosion problems. He said, are you doing this work? I say, well, kind of, sort of. I'm the pastor of the church, and I'm also the business owner, and that's my business that's doing the work. So I'm thinking he's going to come up and say something about, you know what, you can't be doing this work because you don't have a permit or something like that. Well, the guy said, you know what? think the Lord might have sent me to you. I said, really? I said, how so? He said, all that erosion up there looked like you need some dirt. And he said, just so happened, I'm doing all these houses around here, and I'm a dirt man. I need a place to put some dirt. You call it coincidence. I call it asking. You can ask for anything. You know, my partner, we go, what? <laughs> <laughs> the guy came up in, and he was so nice. He said, matter of fact, this topsoil that I'm taking off has got a lot of grass in it, and when we put it out there, it's going to catch on. Just throw some fertilizer out there. He said, I'm a dirt man. I know it. He said, i just got to lower these lots, and i just got to take some dirt off of it, and I don't have any place to put it. And he said, Well, you know what? I said, Well, you can come down here, let's go up on this little ramp. He said, No, nah, I don't even want to put my trucks on your concrete, on your walk. He said, Let's go up there. He went up there and looked up there on the edge of the place. He said, I can come across this concrete, he said, but I don't want to break your concrete. He said, What if I sent a load of gravel out here and just put this gravel out here so that our truck I'm talking like him again. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know he were real then, don't you? <laughs> so so he said, <laughs> He said that what I'm gonna I'm not going there again right. on. So let me go there, all right? He said, Well I'm gonna do I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna put you some gravel out there and you got that bobcat over there. If you go out there and level it, I'll put it out there and that's how I'm gonna come in. I won't touch anything. I looked up and here's this big old truck come out there dumping all that gravel out there. So that they can come in and bring us the dirt that they want. And none of this is at any cost. The most cost it did was asking. Watch this. We was putting the grass out there. We, we got it out there, and I, had some, I went and got some, uh, some seed and some uh, fertilizer to put down. And the little guy started putting it down. He put down more than I wanted. Put it down, I said, you know what, I've got to get some hay to put this down. A friend of mine named Mr. T.C. Jones was talking on the phone to me. He was talking about talking about this barbecue grill he wanted us to try out. I said, come on. I said, T.C., I should have needed some hay. Oh, well, I got plenty of hay. I'll bring you some hay. So he got out here with the hay and everything, and it looked like it started clouding up. I said, man, I really needed this. I need a little rain because I don't want to be out here washing water uh, watering this grass. And when they, that's where the rain came from. Messed up your hair, but it <laughs> gave me what I wanted. My faith trumped your faith. Hey. <laughs> so we're out there spreading the grass. Spreading the grass. And Rigo called me. I said, he said, are you putting that down? He said, yeah. He said, if it rains, going to wash it away. I said, I got some hay down. He said, it's on the hillside. I said, we're just going to get just enough to water it. So then turned around. We got the hay almost down, about three bells left. And then a little sprinkler come. I said, oh, y'all, come on. Because what happened was I didn't have nobody help me put the hay down. I wouldn't expect Brother Houston to get out there. The other little guy was out there. It was just me and him doing it. And then Mr. Jones said, well, why don't you let these guys help you? They on the clock anyway, so he went on and he had his guys come out there. And we were throwing hay, and then the rain came, and it came just enough for to water it, and I not have to water it. I say now that's God, but watch this. I could have very easily said, "Brother Houston said over there." Brother Houston didn't happen. Thank you. I ain't lying to you. I ain't gonna lie in church. We in church. We're in church any Sunday. <laughs> That's two things. We're in church any Sunday, so you know I can't lie. All right? So it happened just like that. And it's so easy for me to say, oh, it just happened, this, this. And you know, if I had said that, I would have lost my confidence. But instead of me losing my confidence, it built me up that I can ask anything according to his will, and he hear me. He hear me. I'm going to tell you one other thing, too. Ms. Tobit, y'all keep her prayed up. Uh, Ms. Toby mother in the hospital. She's um, Well, I can let you guys know. She's brain dead. And so we want to keep her lifted up in the prayer. They're just trying to wait inside until the people get here to decide what they want to do. But she had no brain activity. And she was in there, and she was watching the monitor um, the monitor the at 16. That means that that's the highest level it can go. The machine is taking it on its own, 16. And she start, we start praying. We lay hands on her and start praying. And she started out, oh, 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 no, oh, what? I said, what? She said, it went up to 17. That means her brain told her body to breathe. It went to 17. You don't hear me, Pastor? You don't hear me? I said, but I said, great, I hear you. I said, but what we're going to do, we're going to believe for 20. All right? So we went back there, and we prayed, and we believed God for 20. When I got home, she sent me a text that it was at 21. Okay? Now, watch this. I told her, I said, since my mama passed, I understand a little bit more than I do now. I said, it all depends on how much your mama saw based on if she's going to come back or not. Mm -hmm. See, your will might be wanting her to stay here. But if she saw the other side, she ain't coming back. Because that life over there is far better. That life over there is so much better that when, G- when, when Lazarus' sister started crying and begging Jesus, we want our brother to come back, it broke Jesus' heart. He cried because he said, I've got to bring you back to this life again. And it hurt Jesus so bad that the Bible says Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. So you may be wanting your loved ones to come back, but it all depends on how much of the other side they saw. I saw my mama hugging my grandmama, and she lost all reality of what was going on in this world. We didn't matter to her. For me to get selfish enough and still use my faith to hold on to my mama would have been wrong. When she cared nothing about this life, she saw the other side. I had to be happy, and I had to get my little self together and be happy for her that she'd gone to a better place. Why I want to bring her back here to be stuck here with me. Anyway, I don't know where it came from, but I just threw it in there for you, all right? You still got to pay for it when your tithes come, all right? If faith is a substance, and the Bible says, King James said, faith is a substance. Be quiet, I'm teaching. The Bible says, faith is a substance. Faith is a substance. Faith is a substance, it's something that's tangible, it's real. All right, the Bible said that the word didn't profit them because they didn't mix it with faith. You hear me? What if you made some a cake? What's one of the major major ingredients in cake? In a cake, flour. What if you left out the flour? It'd be a mess. It won't profit you any at all because you, you you left it out. <laughs> you left it out. Uh-huh. God said the word didn't profit them because they, met, they left out a favorite ingredient. You got God's word, but you won't do nothing with it. You won't act on it. You won't even confess it. And therefore, it is ineffective to you. It won't profit you. You want God just to do what God does. God said, no, I accept my word. And you've got to do something with it. You've got to have enough confidence in what I've already told you that you're going to act on it you got my word, you carry it, and that Bible is dusty, you won't pull no word out of it, and you want God to deliver you, and God say, I will not until you do what I ask you to do. You've got to grow up, take that bottle out of your mouth, and stop acting like a baby, and do what I told you to do. Take some responsibility for yourself, get my word, confess my word, and I will watch over my word in order that it is performed. I'm not obligated to do what you tell me to do because I am God and I'm God alone. You can't make me do nothing. I'll only do what my word tells me to do. For I have bound myself to my word. I took an oath that I was going to watch over my word. So you got my promise, which is my word, and you got my oath that I swore by my own self. So if faith is a substance... That is mixed with the Word of God. Once I mix it with it, then I need to understand what faith really is. Watch this. Next scripture. From Hebrews chapter 11, and I use the international version of this, and sometimes I don't like to use it because they change it a lot, but it did bring me the word that I was looking for. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. So not only is faith my a substance, but it's my confidence that I believe in what's happening in the unseen realm. Have you ever watched a scary movie and got scared? Now, that was on the TV. And you know Freddie ain't out there, but you're scared to go outside. You're scared to go to sleep. You're scared to take the garbage out because Jason might be out there. Fear has the same effect. It robs you of your faith. But what fear is doing is telling you there's something out there. And you act on it, and you're scared to go out. You want somebody to go with you. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you can remember when you did that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, faith is the same way. Faith said, I believe it's out there, and I'm going to go get it. Same thing. But you have to have enough confidence. You put confidence in what they show you on a movie screen, but you're going to put confidence in what you see in the Word. If God says for you, if God says everything's going to be all right, I got you, then baby, guess what? God got you. He's got you. So now, faith is confidence. So faith is what? Confidence. You hear that? Faith is confidence. So confidence is the missing substance of faith, meaning without it, confidence. Faith will not be able to operate properly. I got faith, but you don't have no confidence. It don't work. You say you have faith, then show me your works. What are you doing? Because faith means I have to do something. I have to act like I've got it. So since I've got faith, how do I tell you got faith? You see what I'm doing. I'm going after it. I am believing. I needed the rain, so I started acting like it. I went on to put the seed down. I went on to put the everything down, put the hay down, and here comes the rain. Just like that. Here comes the rain. Now, God called me off God with the dirt. I just asked for it. Wasn't even expecting it. But he said, well, since you're believing for this, I might as well do that. It's a reward system. And when the, re- the blessings are designed to overtake you, but you got to get in the system you got to register your name. you got to get involved. The blessings are designed to overtake you, but you won't get in the Word so the blessing can find you. God wants you blessed. (laughs) He wants to see his children walking in divine favor, in the abundance. But you don't have enough confidence in it because you look at what you're doing. If that's going to hinder you, then stop doing what you're doing. Well, Pastor, I want to stop, I can't stop this. Get some confidence in God's Word that the Word is going to stop you. And I guarantee you the Word will stop you. hmm If nothing else, God will expose you so that you will get hurt so bad that you won't do it no more. Uh-huh. He'll keep leading you in goodness and kindness and trying to plead what you don't do this, Don't go there. And you keep doing it. And God says, all right, I'm going to expose you. Oh, God, please, God, don't do it. You go crying out, God, if you get me out of this, I promise I won't do it no more. So you really? You really? You real? And then next thing you know, God delivers you from it. And you got to watch it because you always want to go back to it. Amen. But he will expose you in order to save you. Amen? Amen. All right. So here we go. We're going to get a little bit deeper in this. Are you following me so far? Confidence has to be built so don't expect for it to just happen. It has to be built. So you look for the small things that will cause you to believe. Sometimes we get confidence and we get a new suit. And all sooky, You Somebody then, all right? You, you cut your hair. And then you all, you, you got confidence and stuff. You know, you, you, you all right now. You don't cut all your hair. Now you just got this swag about you. Mm-hmm. I'm Mm left alone. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, boy. Confidence has a strange way of showing up, don't it? Little stuff just gives you confidence. All right, anyway, all right. It's the same thing. I said I wasn't gonna say nothing about that, but anyway, I didn't say nothing about it. I didn't call nobody's name out. Anyway. All right. So you know, it's the same thing in a basketball game. Now one shot can shift the momentum. It can change the confidence in a team. I was looking at, I don't know why, you know, I, and there's something, too, but once you destroy somebody's confidence in you, it's hard to build it back up. I, I almost forgot Calipari's name. I couldn't call his name out for nothing when I was watching the game. I just didn't want them to win. Why? Because I put confidence in them years ago when they had a chance to win, and they didn't win it, and it's been scarred me ever since. So I, I, I felt sorry for the guys who was on the team because they got on his team because they wanted to go to the Final Four. They wanted to be able to make their name great. And I know that, but I didn't like him. And I didn't want him to win. And I was so glad when they lost. And I had to check myself. Say, look at you. You let something he did a long time ago scar you so bad that you don't want these kids to win. And some of you missed that. There are some people who scarred you so long ago that you can't win. Mm-hmm. You put your confidence in the wrong people. I told you last week, putting your confidence in an unfaithful purpose is like chewing on a broke tooth. It's going to cause you some problems. Mm-hmm. Some of you can't move forward now because your confidence was in somebody who was broke. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, let us sink in. Go on. You got it, Jermaine. You caught it. Yeah, boy. You can't move forward. And you don't want let nobody else win because you've been hurt. Your confidence meant so much, and now it means so little. You don't like men no more. You don't care about I don't want no man no more. I don't want to be around men no more. Now you're going to put it all up in the same basket because one hurts you. Uh-huh. Have you ever went to a restaurant and got some bad food? You still go to restaurants? Uh-huh. You still eating? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It seems like you all do just like you do to me and put all of them in the same basket. Don't go to them all. Uh-huh. If one hurt you, all of them ought to hurt you, right? Yeah. This is deliverance for some of y'all. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just set up straight. Nobody never know who this word is for. Look straight ahead. Nobody never know it for you. All right? But Anyway. When you're in a, in a situation, your confidence can determine whether you win or not. You all have seen it before. It could be a team down so low, but somebody hit a three, and oh, boy, you start hearing them start rumbling their feet, and they start doing this, and then that team start to have confidence in themselves. And now, see, like everything they shoot hit the bottom. Boom, there you go. And, they, and then they start running down the court like this, and they start bagging down the court like this. <laughs> that swag is on now. Their confidence is there now. You give it to me, I got it. Be throwing up on the, come across, half hey, course. Stephen Curry, <laughs> Crazy stuff. Just because your confidence will you get built up. If God can get you to put your confidence back in him, m- imagine what you'd be able to do. He just told you if you ask anything According to my word, I got you. Just having that confidence in me, God, you can do this thing. You look at this building, baby, confidence. And was my confidence shaking during the process? Heck yeah. But I was in too deep to stop. I had to keep going. Oh, they showed me a building over there on Craft Road. I started saying, forget this. Let it go back to the dust. Let's go over there and get something that's already built. But I couldn't do it. I had to see it through, and I thank God that I saw it through, amen? All right, so confidence has to be built up, and you have to be able to understand that. So stop, put a little confidence here, a little confidence there, and you watch and see how God's going to do it, all right? Just, start. Just put a little confidence and say, God, God you know what, I'm going to test and see if you're real. Wake me up before the alarm rang, because mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about something you watch and see. I'm gonna wake you up. It might be three o'clock in the morning. You are like, oh, hold on, God, no, 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 <laughs> God, you're a little bit too early. <laughs> let me go back to sleep. God, let you go back to sleep. Then at nine o'clock, can you get up? Because you should have got when He woke you up. Mm-hmm. You start trying God on some little stuff. You're gonna find out how real God is. The problem is that you don't want to know He real because then you know the next step is you gotta start putting your faith and confidence in Him. Hmm. Yep. I'm going to show you from the Amplifier. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith, watch this, is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith tells me that there's something really out there. Faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced by a physical sense. That's a lot right there. And I put something up there to help you to understand what he's saying. When you go shopping and they give you a receipt, that receipt becomes what? Your evidence. All right? Now, that receipt is your evidence. You walking out this store with your new stuff, ding, 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 ding. you can stop right there and say, wait a minute. I'm not no thief. You can come over here and try to tell me I'm still not. you want, but this is my evidence that I paid for this. This is my receipt. That this is mine. I'm not a thief, and you can't stop me from walking out this store with this because I've got it. You understand me? They, that thing, they forgot to take the thing off of it, forgot whatever. You forgot to take the tag off of it, that's your fault. It's still mine. I paid for it, and it's my receipt. That's what faith is, baby. This is your receipt. This is your receipt. When the devil said peace don't belong to you, hold on, Mr. Devil. He paid for this. Uh-uh. this no, no, this is mine. I lay hold on it. I lay claim to this because he already paid for it. And this is my receipt to show you that he paid for it. Don't tell me what I can't have. He said if I ask anything according to his word, here's his word. Now, I got it. It's mine. Don't waste my time stopping me, telling me that you heard the alarm. The alarm sounded because you got your hand on it. Take your hand off my stuff. It's mine. Faith is the assurance, the title deed, the receipt, the confirmation that you've got. That's why you can fight for your healing now. Look, cold was going around, or the flu, or whatever was going around. Now I told my wife, I said, "I, get a I, said, I ain't got time for that devil. Mm-mm, I am not gonna have that." Amen. And guess what? I didn't have it. Amen. Take that crap back. Return to sender. You <laughs> got time for that? I got too much to be doing. Be laying up in the bed, feeling sorry for myself. Cause when I, whenever I do get sick, I feel sorry for myself. I be wanting her to come in and take care of me the way she take care of them boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. You come in there, you cook for them, you cook their favorite meal and all that stuff. No, no, no. sometimes I just get pitiful. (laughs) She can't afford me to get sick because there's more pressure on her. All right, watch this. So a title deed, a confirmation of things hoped for, a divinely guaranteed. God said, this is a guarantee. Now we can fight for some stuff. We can fight for healing. We can fight for deliverance. We can fight for our needs being met. We can fight for favor. And that's what I've been hollering for now, God. Give me favor. These folks out to get me, they're trying to stop me. God, I've got favor with you. And then that confidence start building up in me. They better watch out. They better get out of your way. When they come up against God, they got a choice. Repent or be removed. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I'm getting what he got for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. So get out of my way. And the evidence. Whew, okay. All right. Hmm. Can I finish? Say so please. <laughs> so is it divinely is divinely it's been guaranteed? Does it mean anything to be guaranteed? Guaranteed. And it's the evidence of things not seen. I don't see, you know what, I've been asking for golf and stuff, I don't even see it yet. But I'm acting like it's there. I've already started preparing for it. I started buying everything I need to accomplish it. I started finding out what I need to do to get it. A couple of years ago, you guys know we was over there in that church. I was so hurt and mad at one of the guys that I had hired because we missed a contract. And I got so mad at him because it was a, it was a certain amount of money. And I was so mad at him and God spoke a word. He said, I'm going to give you in one year what that contract was worth in four years. No, you know, I stopped arguing. I stopped being mad. That stress left out of my neck. I received that promise. I started acting on it, and it manifested. Uh-huh, just, like just like he said. Just like he said. Just like he said. I listened, and I obeyed. I listened, and I took it as a guarantee. I became patient, and I watched on how God was doing. When I saw those doors start to open, I started seeing people fighting it. Well, I didn't just sit back and just let it happen. I started praying. I started believing. I started reminding myself of what God said. I couldn't have let that thing slip past me if if I had lost my confidence. I kept my confidence in what God said, God, this may be it. I didn't know if it was it or not. But it may be. It was something I was hoping for. And guess what? They couldn't shake me. And guess what? Everybody over there gave me favor. Folks who didn't want me on the job site end up start, start blessing me, wanting to take me to lunch, and want to do this stuff for me. And I'm like, yeah, God. You get that swag on. You understand? You start feeling so confident. What? Well, I'm sorry, baby. You get that swag. Can't nobody mess with you then? When you hit that level of confidence with God you know that whatsoever you ask, God going to do it for you because he's pleased with you. He's happy with you. And you can expect it to happen. I got a few more scriptures. How many more I got? Six. God, woo. Goodness. Go back to that one then. Let me go back to that one. Maybe I can finish that one up. Watch this. Has any of you ever uh, had a reservation to go somewhere? A trip that you that you set a reservation for. What happened if you done took the plane trip or you didn't drove the 8, 10, 12 hours to get there and they say, you know what, we don't have no room for you. Oh, suck sucker, suck it, suck mm, I ain't got on that plane. I done got here. Uh huh. Yeah, I done drove all those hours. huh. Yeah, no, you're going to come up with a room. I have a confirmation number. Mm, I set this in place. This is my confirmation number right here, mister. Okay, Now, you got a choice. You can kick somebody else out. You can find another room. You can get me another hotel. Whatever you want to do. But I'm sleeping here tonight. Amen. I have a confirmation number. It might be the penthouse. Whatever it is. We went to a place once and they did that. And they said, we didn't have a room, but we got a bigger room. It's a handicapped room. I saying I'm not handicapped, but I'll take the room. The bathroom was bigger. The bed was bigger. I said, Oh, see, see, I want you to mess up again. I like this. You got to find something for me. Because I have a confirmation number. It's been confirmed that I set this up, it's been confirmed that it's done. So I got this. And so this is my confirmation. This is my confirmation. This is it. All right. Since it's six more slides, I'm not going to. Oh, boy. Boy, how did I like put six more slides on here? I'm going to give you a couple of them right quick. All right. All right. Anybody got to go to work? No, no. Oh, good. Scoop on somebody. To go. You need this. All right. <laughs> Watch this. Let me show you. I'm hurry up so he can go to work. I'm going to keep no police off their job. Lord knows I don't need to keep y'all off your job. All right. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Sub, now faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the confirmation. Go ahead. It's the confidence that I have in God. Next scripture, right quick. But without it, baby, you can sit here and do it your way if you want to. But God ain't going to be happy with you because you lock his hands up every time. When you won't act on what his word says, you won't study his word, you won't show yourself approved, you won't abide in his word, his word cannot abide in you, and God said, You lock my hands. It's impossible for me to help you. As bad as I want to help you, I can't do nothing. It is the worst thing to see your kids suffering and you can't do nothing. They could be sick and they could be hurting and they could be in pain and you can't do nothing. It hurts you to your heart. God said, That's exactly how I feel. When you won't get that word in you and you won't abide in your word. I can't do nothing. It is impossible for me to do anything. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must first believe that he is. You sang the song, he is? Well, baby, you got to live it. You got to act like he is. You come to God, believe that he is God, and he can make a way out of no way. Well, he that comes to God must believe that he is God and that he is not only God, but he's going to reward me for diligently seeking him. we coming at him like, God, I know you want me blessed. I know you want me to have this. God said, that makes me happy. And he started to bless me. Next scripture, watch this. Quickly. Watch this. Sarah caught a hold to it. He was dealing with Abraham, but Sarah got the blessing too as well. Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive a seed and was delivered of a child when she was way past age. She was an old woman and got enough strength to push a baby out. Because she believed. Why how what she believed? Because she judged him faithful, who had promised. God, you gave me your word, and I'm going to. Declare that you faithful. You are faithful. So whatever my body needs to do, it needs to get in alignment with your word. Not my feeling, not what everybody said, but your word said. And Sarah pushed that baby out. Sure she did. Can you imagine a 90 something year old woman trying to have a baby? Sarah did it. And God wrote her name down in the Hall of Fame. Next scripture. Watch this. I'm going to get closer to you. Jane, watch this. Elijah was a human as we are, just as human as you are, as you and I. And watch. And yet, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three years and a half. Because he stepped in and said, God, according to my word, according to what you said, I don't want no rain. I don't even want no dew to fall. Not only rain, but the Bible says it wouldn't even no dew fall. Because God gave him what he asked for, and God said he was just as much human as we are. So stop thinking he was just a ghost. No, he was just like us. But he knew he had so much confidence in God. That's why when it, when uh, four minutes, all right. That's why when he was out there praying and he started praying that God send the rain and wasn't nothing happening. He said, "I just need a little sign, God, that you hear me, that you're doing it." And the servant went back, went back, kept going back seven times. He went back. He said, "Look, man, you might want well to give." All I see. It's a little cloud by the size of a man's fist. Elijah said, that's all I needed. He was so excited that God was going to come through. His confirmation was so strong in God, he was so built up that he ran off and left those horses. The best chariots of Egypt. He took his shirt, he took the Bible, say he took his, his skirt that had them things that they He took it up, put it between his legs and just took off. Beat the horses back. That's some excitement. He knew God had heard him and he had what God told him he could have. Watch this. What about you? Job told you this. A man who went through all that hell and high water, all that trouble, he said this. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. Yeah. Job said, out of all I've been through, and all the hell and all the hurt and the pain, if you decree a thing, it's going to be established unto you. Yeah. Job going through all that hell, didn't lose his confidence in God. Yeah. You've got to open up your mouth, and you've got to decree it. Yeah. I am blessed. I am highly favored. Yeah. I walk in the anointing. You shall decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon your way. God said, I'm going to bless your ways. We got to stop just coming to church. This thing got to get in us. I shouldn't have to beg you to come to church. I shouldn't have to force you to come to church. You ought not be able to wait for Sunday morning. Just to share in on what you believe. Last couple of Sundays ago, I had three people stand up and tell me about how God blessed. I mean, Mercedes, brand new Mercedes. Just bless them. I had one woman block, and I'm like, yeah, that's nice. Somebody bless you with a Mercedes. Who Who's blessed with a Mercedes? All right, all right, okay, yeah, that's good, that's good. And I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Then somebody else came up and said, I got one too, a new key too. I said, what? Somebody else standing beside and said, I got one too. I said, okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. You can bless people with Mercedes. You can do what you want to do. You God. Is there anything too hard for God? You put your faith in God and you watch God do what only God can do. The problem is, is that y'all don't put your faith in God and that's why you don't get what you want. You got in the wrong people. You trust the M L G and W energy better put your faith in God by your head. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at RLTBchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.